Welcome to the Awakened Anesthetist Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Roberts. I'm a certified anesthesiologist assistant living and working outside of Kansas City, Missouri. I created this podcast to give CAAs across the nation a place to come together and awaken to our profession's unique ability to create a life by design rather than default. That process can start by simply listening and engaging with this podcast. By doing so, you're already changing what's possible for CAAs, for you, for me, for all of us. I'm so thankful you're here. Let's jump into this episode and see what we can do together. A big hello to all the CAAs and CAA students who are tuning in to the Awakened Anesthetist podcast. This is a community that I am excited to begin building and I think one of the most beneficial things about creating this podcast community of like-minded anesthesia professionals is that we get to hear each other's stories. And because the truth is that there are not that many CAAs across the country, and we tend to all be clumped together, you may not feel like you have a good idea of what it's like to be a CAA in a different state or what opportunities may be available to you if you were to start looking outside of your immediate region. And so this podcast is going to serve as that resource for us all. And I am going to go first by sharing my journey. And I hope it inspires you. I think there's a lot of different takeaways. And I'm certainly not wanting to deliver a how-to in any regard of how to, let's say, go from full-time to part-time. But I'm just wanting to paint a picture of what it's like to make a big decision and to say, I want this thing that I've never seen before and no one has ever done before that I know of and what that actually looks like in real time. So I'm hoping it's a real expansive and guiding conversation. And I am going to jump in. My full-time employment story starts in June of 2008. I had just graduated anesthesia school. I went to Case Cleveland and graduated the month prior, moved out of Ohio to the middle of the country, and started my full-time job a few weeks after graduation. And the setup was pretty typical. I believe my base salary was $120,000 back in 2008. And then for, I would say, the first five years of my employment, I made an additional forty to sometimes up to $60,000 additional of call pay. We were paid per call shift. There were 24-hour in-house shifts. There were backup call shifts where you would be at home on a quote-unquote pager, um, you know, your cell phone. And then there would also be heart call. So you could elect to be on the heart team and take heart call. And that was an additional payment as well. That all did not start at the same time and at the same rate as it had for the 11 years that I worked there. But in very short summary, that was the full-time structure. I worked any of the seven days of the week. You would get your schedule about a month, sometimes only three weeks in advance. And you would have very little wiggle room. Occasionally, you could make some shifts with your colleagues, but certainly there was no vacation day just on a Thursday because you didn't feel well. It was very much the mentality that you show up regardless of how you're feeling, because if you do not show up, then some surgery does not get done. And that was the structure and truly the pressure that I felt when I would show up to that job. It felt 
honestly really good. For many, many years, I felt deeply needed and desired by my anesthesia group. I felt like I played a huge role in the anesthesia department and in the overall functioning of the operating room. It was deeply meaningful, and some of the happiest times of my life were working those first few years. I was just so in love with giving anesthesia and so proud of our profession. And then I got to teach the UMKC first-year students um, right as the program was opening. The UMKC AA school opened just as I had moved to Missouri. I was also one of the first five AAs in the state of Missouri. So there was just a lot of new, a lot of excitement, a lot of pride for me personally and in the work that I was getting to do. And for many years, I would say for at least the first seven years, I was pretty blissfully happy. And I can look back now and trace back likely the reasons I was so happy. And two of the reasons I have come up with is because I had it in my head and in my heart to pay off my student loans very aggressively. And I at first thought I was going to be able to pay off my $160,000 of student loan debt from graduate. And also there was some of that from undergraduate. I thought I'd be able to pay that off in five years. It ended up, spoiler, taking me nine years, which I will speak more on um, as I get into the how and the why I left my full-time job. But that gave me a lot of purpose. It gave me a lot of reason to work the extra shifts because I knew that every dollar I made extra above and beyond, I could put on my student loans. And the other key factor that I can now see is what um, kept me happy for so long working a very demanding job was that I was aggressively saving an emergency fund. I had been told, you know, by Dave Ramsey and some other people in my life that I should have at least three months of all my expenses saved in case of emergency. And for many points of my early employment, I had anywhere from, I would say, 5000 to sometimes upwards of $40,000 saved, depending on if I had dipped into that fund for a big expense. Let's say, you know, it was our wedding that we had in October of 2011 or a bigger remodel project on the home that we ended up buying. There were reasons that that emergency fund did dip down, but it never went to zero. And I would say I've always had at least $5,000 saved in case of emergency. And so saving the money and then replenishing that fund, if I did go, in fact, use it, always kept me focused on making the extra amount through taking extra call or, you know, not griping if I stayed over my time I was supposed to because I would be making overtime. And so it always felt okay to be working that much. I will also say that I did not have my first child until 2014. So from 2008 to 2014, I did not have any children. And that allowed me, I think, to um, make it easier to work more. It's I didn't feel like I was missing as much as I did begin to miss when I had my kids. So from 2008 to, I would say, around 2015, so that's seven years later, I had the first inkling of thought that maybe this first job that I took out of school was not going to be the place that I died at. I just had this notion that I was so happy and everything was going so well that there would be no reason for me to ever leave, and I just foresaw my entire career 
taking place at this hospital. And in that year, 2015, we saw some turnover in our department, and there were some longstanding CRNAs, actually, that left. People who I never thought would leave or had said that they would never leave up and left for a better opportunity or a different opportunity. And it just opened my eyes to the idea that, hey, maybe I could question whether this was the place that I wanted to be at forever. I think in my subconscious, because there weren't that many options for CAAs in the state of Missouri and specifically in Kansas City proper, that I didn't ever consider working at a different place because I didn't think that there were a lot of other options for me. And even though these were CRNAs who were leaving and have a bit of a different playing field when it comes to job opportunities, I still was inspired to consider my own career and whether I wanted to make some changes. So in that year from 2015 to 2016, we saw some turnover, a couple senior CRNAs left. One of them actually was the person who was making the anesthetist schedule. And so in May of 2016, I ended up taking over the management of our schedule, which was the process of managing vacation allotments and managing the monthly calendar. We operated on a peel system, which I am assuming everyone is aware of what that is, but very briefly, you basically get a number, let's say one through nine. The first person, the number one person is the first person to go home when there's an opportunity, a surgery suite has closed or is done for the day, the first person can go home. And then let's say the ninth person would be, in our situation, the 24-hour in-house call person. And so that schedule had to be created and managed month to month for all of the anesthetists on staff. And then, of course, the vacation calendar on top of that. We all got at least six weeks vacation, and we had to pick it a year in advance, which is very typical for anesthesia especially private groups. And so that was one of my responsibilities as well. And I really enjoyed it. It gave me a bigger sense of control over the work. And I felt a new sense of purpose and meaning because I felt like I was taking on this new leadership role in my group. At this point, I had worked at this hospital for eight years and was now becoming more and more senior. As I said, some of the most senior people had left and then bumped me up in my seniority. And so doing the schedule was a welcomed addition. And because I was reinvigorated in my work and my purpose, the idea of leaving my job went back on the back burner. I think when you're happy, of course, you are less likely to leave a job that you're happy at. And um, after about a year of doing the schedule, so from May of 2016 to March of 2017, everything was pretty status quo. I was starting to give away a few of my call shifts. So those few shifts were allowing me to have maybe a guaranteed month with no weekend call, which was starting to be desirable for me as I had two small children at home and, of course, a husband and a family that I wanted to spend some more dedicated time with. But again, I hadn't quite embrace the idea that there could be another option for me. And then in March of 2017, I became pregnant and it was an unexpected pregnancy. And this was really the catalyst when I looked back 
on this process that opened my eyes to the idea that I simply did not have the bandwidth to continue working at the pace I was working and also be the mom I wanted to be and also be the woman I wanted to be and have the time to myself that I wanted. I wanted to feel joyful managing my kids and my house and have personal time. And I just wanted more than I felt my job allowed for, the work schedule, I guess, allowed for. And so 2017, I was pregnant for most of that year, and I became increasingly more and more set on the idea that I was going to work less. I didn't exactly know how I was going to be able to work less. My job at the time did not offer any part-time shifts or really any shifts that were any different from what I had already done for the past seven, eight, nine years. And so I just simply began to give away all the calls that I could. At that time, we were all taking about two weekend calls a month and about three weekday calls a month. And a call for us was a 24-hour in-house shift. And we almost always had the following day off. And so they were desirable to give away because they were paid independently and also because you had that day off. And so I was able to give most of my call shifts away most of the time. And because I was the person who did the schedule, I had the privilege of seeing the schedule further in advance than some of my colleagues. So the need I had to give away my shift was a bit easier for me because I didn't have to wait for the scheduler to pass out the the schedule because I was the scheduler. And so that worked for quite some time for most of 2017. And in November of 2017, I had my daughter, my third child, and I was able to piece together a 12-week maternity leave, which when I got pregnant with my first child, I took a eight-week maternity leave in 2014, and it was the longest maternity leave that anyone in the anesthesia department had ever taken, ever, which is a whole nother topic. But as we all know, it is very difficult to get a long string of time off, especially if you work for a private anesthesia group that does not have FMLA because they were too small of a group, so the government didn't hold them to that standard. And piecing together a 12-week maternity leave was a privilege. And it was also eye-opening at how difficult it was to get that. And I just, during that time home, realized that I wanted to be home more than I wanted to be at work. And it was the first time I had really felt that way. And so when I returned to work, then the following February, the winter of 2018, I just set my mind to the fact that I was going to find a way to work part-time. And I am going to leave off on the story there. There is more to come. There are some more details about the remainder of 2018 and the ideas that I implemented and the resources that I took advantage of and the life that I began to shape and believe to be true. And we still have a little while to go because I did not leave my full-time job until August of 2019. And so there is yet almost two years to go before I was able to make that move. And I just wanted to pause here and allow for a moment of appreciation that this all took time. 
I know that sometimes we hear stories of things other people have, and maybe you are someone who would like to work less or would like to work part-time or would like to have a different shift that doesn't appear to be available to you, and you think potentially it should be easy or that there is a seamless transition up ahead. And I will say that I've been there. I have thought that too. But the reality for me and for a lot of the stories that I have been tapping into as I've been interested in this piece of transitioning into a life by design is that this all takes time. And patience for me as an anesthetist is something that I am continually practicing and have certainly gotten better with, especially as I teach first-year students and especially as I have children of my own. They are helping me to grow in my patience, and this is certainly one of the number one skills that was required during this time when I was so desiring to be more at home, enjoying a slower life, enjoying a slower pace of life with more things in it besides just giving anesthesia. And so I just wanted to offer that up. I am going to be back with a part two picking up here in the winter of 2018, and I'll take you through the transition of leaving my full-time job in August of 2019. So I'll see you for part two. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please subscribe to the Awakened Anesthetist podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Always remember that we deserve to feel good behind the drape. Till next time.